You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Matthew Raiden. He is managing member at Liberalizing Dentists and Liberty Group. He's also known as the JV Man. We're going to talk to him a little bit about what they're doing in the space of dentistry to help bring together professionals, professional service providers who are working with dentistry on the dental industry and really creating a unique model for how they can collaborate, how they can engage to really amp up their capabilities, improve valuation. So we're going to talk with Matthew about that interesting model, and I'm excited to hear about it. Obviously, service-based companies are, I always say, are difficult to, uh, they're easy to start, they're difficult to scale. And I think one of this is one of the opportunities and one of the ways that people are figuring out really how to think of these businesses as businesses so they can, they can grow them, increase valuation, increase size. So I'm excited for this. With that, Matthew, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we sort of jump into what you're doing with Liberalizing Dentists, let's uh, get a little bit of background. How, like, what was your professional background? How did you get into this? What's the story? Uh, first of all, it's Liberalizing Dentists. Like Liberty. Liberalizing Dentists. Liber- Sorry, I have my show notes dentists. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Liberalizing is, is our own word, just like Kleenex or, or Xerox. So I'm really big into intellectual property. You'll understand in a minute why. Yeah. So yeah, so libertizing, you know, gives us uh, libertizing dentists gives us a way to help dentists to uh, achieve financial freedom, transition from what they're currently doing to what they want to do, and we're using two XPV double their practice valuation, two XPV mm-hmm. as the uh, glue that holds everything together, and it's essentially a bundle of intellectual property that's focused on taking what the realtors have done successfully and applying it to dentistry. So okay. to get into my background, why this makes sense for yeah. me, because it doesn't make sense for a whole lot of people. I'm an attorney. Before an attorney, I was a musician. And so I love doing creative stuff. I, I, my undergraduate degree was jazz, piano, and voice. So I like to mix it up with other people. You know, I like to jam with other people. And that's really what my life has become, just one major jam session over this libertizing dentist. Because there's so many people in this space, but yet very few want to have their, uh, you know, skin in the game. Yeah. And so the way that this happened was... Uh, I was a commercial litigator in uh, in the Chrysler building, and I made a deal to move the practice out to Long Island, where I became counsel to the Long Island Board of Realtors. That led to the creation of a new legal plan for realtors, which ultimately became a risk management system for realtors that was known as the HMS, Homeowners Marketing Total Risk Management System. At that time, 20,000 realtors were HMS members doing one out of four transactions in America. And that represented my bridge from being a lawyer to being the owner of a company because next step after the risk management system was a software company because I needed to figure out ways to get uh, control over 6,500 
realtor errors and omissions claims in 48 states. That led to the development of a legal network called Defense and Dispute Resolution Lawyer Network, which led to a software company, which was Litigation Management System, LMS, which led to 10 different medical malpractice insurance companies with over 50,000 claims. Wow. And uh, recently, within the last five years, I realized that all the time I'd spent saving these medical malpractice insurance companies millions of dollars could be applied to taking that process from saving insurance companies money to helping somebody make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And the answer was dentists. It ultimately became dentist with Dr. Scott Craven. I'll explain about him a little bit. But the bottom line is uh, we're taking what's worked for the dentist, work for the insurance company, work for the legal industry, and make it available to dentists as intellectual property. So that's the key. And that's where the scalability comes, by the way, because you don't need to be scalable to be uh, Bob Dylan and make millions of dollars from licensing out songs. And similarly, uh, with all the intellectual property we've uh, aggregated, you don't have to have a huge overhead in order to license this intellectual property. So that's how we got here. Yeah, that's great. And so tell us about what was it that you saw working in these other industries or that what you had working in these other industries and then why dentistry? Like what was it that you saw similar in terms of, you know, the situation and how these practices are set up and where you could add this value? I have to answer that in reverse order because it all came about Dr. Uh, Scott Craven, who is my partner in uh, Libertizing Dentists. And the term Libertizing or Libertize is a combination of my my company, Liberty Group, and his company, Synergize Dental. So when I was thinking about those two, I said, well, how can I put together something that's IP, that's unique to me? Because I wind up owning all the IP and then licensing it back out because as an attorney, I'm also here to protect the IP. You know, if yeah. somebody really messes with us, you know. So the bottom line is, uh, is collaboration because, uh, you know, when you're in a big company, you have a CEO, you have all the C-suite executives, you know, you have all the people organized for collaboration. And usually the, the word comes from the, from the top down. Good companies often promote collaboration from the bottom up. So I had to create a way to apply what had worked for these different industries to dentistry. And when I learned that Scott Craven had, had built his own practice to $9 million in collections and had a business services company, Synergize Dental, that was providing outsourced business services to almost 30 practices. So he was helping these practices outsource all the functions that a dentist office would normally have to spend not practicing dentistry, right? Because if you're practicing dentistry, you're making money. And if you're doing books and doing other things, you're not making money. So he off- he takes that off your shoulders. And he's proven to uh, have done this repeatedly. He owns equity in 10 practices and uh, and he's helped multiple practices to do two to three million in, uh, in collections. So I said, you know, most of the practice I've been running into in the New York area, which I was already doing a joint venture with a hedge fund, small hedge fund. They all wanted a double practice valuation. They all wanted to acquire practices. None of them had a real path to getting from point A to point B, you know, from where they are now to uh, to the 2XPV, we call it, double the practice valuation. And so uh, I said to Scott, I said, look, I'm an IP guy. I love, you know, not an IP lawyer, but just joint venture guy. I love to joint venture with you. I'll be your Ray Kroc if you'll be my McDonald's, because I know that most dentists in America want to replicate what you've done and it's been a cottage industry and if we can apply to the dentist what i know has worked in other other industries so here we go century 21 century 21 was noted for uh conversion of existing offices to their franchise so you didn't have to do major build outs or major investment in order to become a century 21 franchise that's a really important piece of my puzzle Mm -hmm. the relationship between the multiple listing service and the realtor board both as the largest realtor association in america which is the long island board of realtors 
and an attorney who's written over 500 arbitration and professional standards opinions, realtors don't sue each other. Realtors, if they have a, a, a problem with commissions or, or compensation, or if they think that somebody's really done something bad, they have all recourse within the association. And I became an expert on that because I wrote hundreds of opinions in those cases. So that became an important part of what we do, a conflict resolution system that we could adapt to what we're doing. The fact that when I was looking at the uh, other brokers, uh, the, the uh, commercial real estate, not so much, but the business brokers, people who sell dental offices, it really struck me as funny that when a dental practice broker goes to a client and says, you know, I understand you want to sell your practice, say, sure. So what do you want for a million dollars? Great. Sign here, take a 10% commission, $100,000. Great. What we do is, is a little bit different. What we do is say, why? You know, what do you want to sell your practice? Do you hate dentistry? Uh, do you, if you had five, if you could plan a transition path over the next five years to get double the money, would you yeah. want to stay in, even if you own ten percent? So, you know, there's a conversation that happens there that we can get a lot larger compensation for doing a better job. And that's at the end of the day. If you were going to sell your house today, would you want to use a realtor? Would you want to list it with the realtor with the MLS? Yeah, I, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Well, you, for the same reason, you'd want to have. Um, manage collaboration. In the realtor side, listing agent takes the listing, brings it home to the listing broker who's a member of the MLS. They publish it on the MLS and then they have a selling agent sells it and the selling broker winds up you know, taking that on the MLS. Bottom line is four-way collaboration and that just starts it. We're doing the same thing. We've got a five-way collaboration and that just starts the ball rolling. So it's not about referrals. It's about managing collaboration and referrals to get a better result for the client. Yeah. yeah. And so, so tell us about how the system actually works works? Like who is your end customer? How, what is the value that you create? What is the system that you're putting in place? Well, we'd start with a little acronym we call RALF, R-A-L-F, Real Estate Accounting, Legal and Financial. Accounting, sure, because if you're going to do a five-year plan, you want to make sure that the numbers are in and that, you're, that every day for the next five years, you're going to do something to double the practice valuation. That means keeping the numbers roughly 25% ROI, you know, profit on the investment. So if you're, you know, so you want to make sure that if you had a million dollar practice, that it's doing 250,000 a year, and in five years, it's going to sell for 2 million. Well, so accounting is obviously critical. Second, it's legal. Because what happens if somebody doesn't do what they promise to do? It happens once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you want to make sure that they're tied into the dispute resolution process. You want to make sure that they're tied into the IP protection, that there's always going to be a plan for moving forward when people overperform and there's going to be a plan for corrective action when people underperform. So you can see on the different broker side, there's also insurance brokers. Anything with, you know, the R in Ralph stands for all brokers, whether it's real estate broker, business broker, practice broker, life insurance, property right. casualty broker. Because we want you to always think when you're working with somebody, am I working with them because they're my, my, my brother-in-law or I'm working with them because they're part of my 2X PV plan. And until I find somebody who's going to work with me as part of my 2X PV plan, that's one piece of the puzzle that I have not addressed, right? And then the last piece is the financial because there's all kinds of strategies for helping people who are deep in debt to move debt to their own bank uh, using whole life insurance. There's many different strategies. Your average dental student is getting out of dental school with two, three, five hundred thousand or more in debt, even eight hundred thousand in debt. So we need to have ways to help the younger dentist transition in financially healthy while the older dentist transitions out. And the reason this is so important is because a growing percentage of dentists getting out of dental school are going to work for DSOs, dental support organizations, or large corporations, large group practices, and they're becoming employees. And we all know that as employees, uh, you're limited as to what you can do with your time. You know, you have to make a commitment to your time. Whereas as, a, as an owner, you may decide to work one day a week, two days a week, and live off the profits and maybe buy a second or third practice. Mm -hmm. So we call this the undia 
DSO. Uh, DSOs are profits before patients. On DSO is patients before profits, Mm -hmm. but in the process, acquiring second or third practices, implementing best processes, outsourcing to the appropriate uh, providers such as Synergize Dental to do a lot of the work that you would normally have to do. And so you've got a system that's been developed and those people are part of that system. And and then we grow from there. Coaches like yourself are important piece of coaches that are experts in helping a dental practice as a practice survive versus those who help them just to market their practice. There's dozens and dozens of different types of of coaches just in the dental industry. So we're always looking for the ones who are in a position to give us referrals and to send referrals to. When I say give us, I mean, we call it the NMO, Network Management Organization, Mm -hmm. that we use to uh, route the referrals. Uh, Would you like an example of how this has worked recently? Yeah, that'd be great. Pretty incredible. Uh, Recently, we sent a, uh, a referral to a service provider and uh, the service provider, you know, made, you know, let's say he's in a position to make like fifty, sixty thousand dollars over the next five years if he just does a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, complained. He said, you know, I went to the, I went to the client and tried to upsell them to uh, another two thousand dollars and you know, a month, and you know they were really horrible, and you know they wouldn't they wouldn't hear me. Well, it was proof that the enema worked. Because part of the NMO is like, if you're the referring member, you own that relationship. Nobody should be going back to that person to make money without you because the NMO gets 20% of something, usually gross that's generated. And we share that with the referring member, not for the referral, but for managing the collaboration referral process so the client gets a better result. So when that person went back and tried to upsell them to another product without our involvement, they should not have been surprised when the client said no. They should not have even been more surprised when the client went back to their attorney and said, "Hey, I'd never worked what with this it? guy. Didn't didn't he bypass the uh, the um, the attorney who sent you the client in the first place?" Yeah. So it's truly collaborative, where each person becomes a check on the others, not for purposes of uh, ratting him out, but for purposes of really ins- uh, inspiring and insisting on full collaboration. Because when the collaboration breaks down, our ability to provide collaborative services, higher level services to that client breaks down. So we yeah. so we've built that in. That's interesting. So what kind of practices benefit most from being part of this network? Like what's the what's the sweet spot for you in terms of people that you want to collaborate with? Well typically the general dentist is going to be the the sweet spot. It's the person who is is doing multiple things. But it's real interesting. There are certain specialties that have differentiated themselves. For example, uh, we work with a national company that's been doing uh, franchising of implants, sort of like clear, clear choice. Now, mm-hmm. those are real high dollar uh, procedures. So some may be interested in growing their implant business. And with that, we have actually uh, partners who and have partners of members who have uh, the ability to guarantee a certain number of implant leads. And an implant could be worth ten, twenty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. So, you know, yeah. getting a few of those a month. The place that I'm really uh, very interested in and becoming passionate about is sleep dentistry, because one out of five Americans have sleep apnea. Now with COVID, it's going to be probably worse. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of dentists now that have been really making some good money in the dental industry. The clients don't have to pay out of pocket. The health insurance pays and the dentists like they don't want to be general dentists for the rest of their lives but they have no problem doing sleep dentistry for the rest of their lives so when somebody is really passionate about something and loves to do it that's the person i'm looking for that's my demographic i don't care you know if it's general dentistry or sleep dentistry but if you love what you do you never work a day in your life and i want to be as the guy who helps people get there so that's the most important thing. I haven't really met many people, many general dentists who are passionate about what they do. They're typically on a transition path, transition out or to acquire a second or third practice. Those guys would be ideal for me because they're looking to acquire a second or third practice and figure that out. 
On the sleep side, definitely uh, ways to transition out of part-time dentistry into full-time dentistry is a great opportunity. And we're always looking for more. It's just just a question of what people really love to do, because that's what I love to do. Just like as a musician, you know, you, you, you play parties and you make people happy. This is an opportunity for me to make people happy 24-7. You know, they, they're happy because we figured out ways that collaboratively they get to do stuff they love to do, and they get to do in ways that they never could have done by themselves. Yeah. And tell us, on, on, the, on the other side of the, the market here, the other side of your model, in terms of the service providers, what, I guess, how do you select them? What's the process for you? in terms of you know putting these groups together how does that side look work you know from a structural point of view i approach it from from realism because a lot of people know what they should do but they don't do it so <laughs> you know, i'm yeah. here as a coach you probably have run into one or two of those kind oh, of people yeah. <laughs> so what we do is we start really realistically we start with a managed joint venture and we start from the assumption that people will not do 100 percent of what they need to do in order to be successful but if we pair them up with five people four other people into a managed joint venture or an MJV, then we can plan for each person to only 20%, five together do 100% of the work. Well, how do we do that? Well, first of all, you have to have an ideal client. Well, first of all, you need a primary business, one primary business. If you're a dentist and you're looking to make money on the side as a practice broker, not a good fit. We'd want to know you have one business that you're looking to grow and that you have really a very narrow definition of ideal client. So for example, if you're a dental CPA and a lawyer who's doing intellectual property, looking to specialize in dental devices and things in dentistry, and a, a financial planner who's looking for young dentists to help. Those are some examples of JV members. And I only charge like, you know, five grand, maybe a thousand a month for just getting into a JV, getting it together with four other people and putting it to the NMO to see how we can help to 2x BV, double whatever you've given us. So it's all about doubling. We're always barely big on ROI. So if you give us 5,000, I actually guarantee you 10. So it's not about the guarantee. It's about knowing that if you don't do certain things, the guarantee is invalid. And if you do certain things, we're absolutely confident that the guarantee will be valid. So one of those things is based on a coaching engagement I already did for myself, I had to talk to like 6,000 people a year through you know different media. You know, it could be even just through LinkedIn. It didn't matter. But you mm -hmm. had to talk to 6,000 people. So now you only have to talk to 1,200. Five times 1,200 is 6,000. That's an example of taking work and dividing up five ways. So once that's determined and um, you have a joint venture group member, you may be a joint venture group leader and now lead your own group of five to figure out how you can do what you want to do. That's usually around uh, you know 10,000 plus 1,000 a month for something like that. But again, it's all results-based. And then from there, we just decide, is there a long-term relationship here? If so, do you want to develop some IP, intellectual property? And we've got an incredible opportunity now with research and development tax credits, where many dentists are just getting $100,000 just because they filed the application. But none of them are being pointed in, in the area of uh, developing new intellectual property. So that we call that a MEP, Managed Intellectual Property Partnership. And uh, they can go through that process, either to be a group member or a leader. Uh, but every step of the way, there's all kinds of qualifications and, most importantly, collaborations. Because if you've got five people and they're all collaborating on whether this is a good person to join our group, and if so, what do they bring to the table, and how do we measure performance, and you know, on and on and on, our chances of success are much greater because we've, you know, we're all going to this with a 100% positivity. We're not looking to hurt anybody. We're looking only to benefit. Why? Because everybody benefits. You know, each yeah. person is 20% of a JV. If the JV works good. Well, you know, then everybody's going to make money. If that doesn't work well, we have to figure out what more can we do to make it better. But in any case, we never fail. There's no room for failure because as long as you don't give up, you're not going to fail. Yeah. No.
It's an interesting model. I mean, as a you know, service provider, there's certainly lots of things that I do <laughs> that I know are not my you know greatest value. Right? So figuring out how to kind of offload some of that stuff and then collaborate. I mean, I the thing I always find fascinating, you know, about individual practices like this for professional services firms is that you get all these leads, you know, and so many of these leads are not a good fit for you. They may not even be your service and, and they just go to waste, right? I mean, you just, if they're not a fit for you, you just kind of toss them aside. Whereas, you know, it could be such a great lead for other, other service providers or, you know, people that do what you do, but it's just, a, it's a better fit for them. If you could just monetize that, like that would be amazing. I mean, it, it, it just seems like such a waste in most businesses. That's one of the reasons that accounts are so important because there's a number of groups of accounts that are marketing themselves as dental accountants. Mm-hmm. And yet none of them that I found have a 2XPV system that is collaborative. You know, yeah. None of them. One of my differentiators was that of those 10 different medical malpractice insurance companies that use my collaborative litigation management system for mm-hmm. resolving their claims was TDIC or the Dentist Insurance Company in Sacramento, California, which Mm -hmm. is owned by the California Dental Association, which has over 28,000 members. So if you wanted to target market dentists, that's one thing. If you want to target market dentists who are looking to go full-time sleep and right now are part-time sleep, that's a a narrower demographic. If you wanted to target those same people in California with a message like this, hey, sleep dentist or general dentist, do you want to be full-time sleep? But we have an incredible opportunity for you because we're using systems that are the next generation of systems that we use by your insurance carrier, by your association and your insurance carrier to resolve millions and millions of dollars of claims. So we saved a lot of money for your insurance company. Now we're calling on you to see if we can double your practice valuation to yeah. XPV. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty cool uh, way of narrowing your demographic because one of my favorite sayings is the uh, more narrowly you define your ideal client, the easier it is for you to dominate your market. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned this, this kind of um, self-governing or, or self-reinforcing system. Like, how, how does it actually work? I mean, what, what is it that you do in terms of how you set up the group or the rules you put in place, this checks and balances, the relationship with the end client? Like, tell us how you actually make that system work. Because like, it seems pretty powerful and it seems like it's pretty key in terms of the model. Well, first of all, we do a lot of articles, you know, regular articles, so that the articles pretty much identify what each of the people in the JV is doing, right? Because if you're going to promote yourself, we're real big believers in expert marketing. So if Mm -hmm. we're going to market you, we want to know you're an expert. And so we're marketing a lot through LinkedIn. Okay. And we see LinkedIn as a big trade show, you know? Yeah. A lot of my background was in trade shows too, like with the PIAA, the Physician Insurers Association, which is where I got those 10 med mal companies that just became a regular exhibitor. Mm -hmm. So we're regular exhibitors on LinkedIn. And what I mean by that is we're always looking for ways to build group databases of those five people. And so we already have that. We have actually a partner company that'll get them into a social CRM, help them to not just manage their LinkedIn profile, but start targeting their LinkedIn marketing to those people who share the same ideal client. So from the ground up, we're already identifying the characteristics of who they're looking for. So the next question is, is what could they do to steal their business? (laughs) Because because how is it self-enforcing? And so I gave you an example before of how a member lost a client as a result of, uh, of not following the rules. But when mm-hmm. you do follow the rules, then you get together with five other people. And so, for example, a dental CPA comes in with a client and says, okay, what do you need to do? Well, what they're looking to do right now is get control over their information, their data. So they become a client of uh, Synergize, Synergize mm-hmm. Dental, who now outsources that work. Well, what's the next step? Well, they're looking to grow their practice. Well, we come back in and say, we have another uh, dental practice within 25 miles of your practice that... Uh, 
maybe looking to sell. So we are always looking for the the, uh, dental practice brokers to come in and collaborate with us because they're going to have an inventory of practices that are looking to sell. And there's a high percentage of those practices that think they're going to sell to a big corporation that don't qualify. So they all become potential clients for us. Okay. So the question is, you know, how do we manage it? Well, we always go back to real estate, MLS, MRA. The multiple listing agreement is how you hire a realtor to help you to sell your house. Mm-hmm. Think of the house as being your referral, as your client. Or the, that is the client. The client is the seller of the house that you're working for. Oh. In our case, the referring member completes a multiple referral agreement and then puts in that agreement who that client is, who the first point of contact they think would, would benefit, like, for example, Synergize Dental would be able to benefit them, tell them 2XPV. And then from there, lay out the plan that they want to see. It's their client. We respect their client. We protect their client. We protect their client relationship and we monetize it for them by giving them half the money that we collect from each of the vendors who gets a referral. So if those vendors bypass our system, then what they have done is they have gone one step closer to being kicked out. When a realtor gets kicked out of the realtor board, they can lose their MLS computer. They use their MLS computer and and they could be out of business. My mission, my vision is one day our network will be so powerful that people just can't afford to screw around because they're going to have too much to lose and uh, from leaving and too much to gain from being part of it. In fact, one of the most recent articles I co-authored was about having building your network so that your people have too much to lose, that they're just not going to try to bypass you because they have too much to lose. So that's what makes it self-enforcing. Yeah, so it's really it's the, the value proposition is great enough that people self-regulate because they don't want to risk losing that. Where are you going to get somebody not just referring to somebody, but managing the referral so they can come back to you and say, hey, I think you're about to blow your sale. I don't think they're really clear on what you offer. Let me help you. Yeah. So you actually have a partner in your sales business. Now, I, you mentioned something in the beginning that seems to be key to this is that you, you need people that are kind of hyper-focused on the, th- on the thing that they do and are not really interested in trying to expand and, and get into other services, which might be in conflict with other members of the JV. That's all part of the self-enforcing because if you select the one thing you love, and by the way, that could be transitioning out of one thing you're in now and, and transitioning out. As long as there's somebody to get those referrals on the things you don't want to do, then we're more than good because we've got now referrals coming in that you don't want. Like you said before, you get all these leads that you, you don't want them because they don't, they don't qualify. But now by identifying the people who love to do the things you hate to do and hate to do the things you love to do, then there's no reason for you to take their business because you want them to send you the business for the things you love. So it's yeah. really about passion and it's about commitment. And if you're not passionate about the one thing that you love to do, it's not a good fit for us. So yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, it seems like that that becomes your qualifier is you you want people who have really loved to do the, what they do in the in a very specific area of expertise. Or hate it. Hate it so much that they can't wait to be out of it and find the right person who's going to look to transition in and spend money so that they can achieve that goal. Because if they're going to walk into a, a million dollar practice and it becomes a $2 million practice and they own it or own a major percentage at the end, then that's the person who should be focused on in terms of the future practice. And the older guy should be focused on, okay, what do you want to do next? Do you want to design some sort of new invention? Well, ideally, you got a whole IP team and, you know, ready to go for you. If you want to write a book, okay, well, you know, who's the book for? Is there something we can do to help you with that? Or maybe there's nothing we can do. Doesn't, you know, bottom line is we're always looking for ways to help people that nobody else thought of before. Because like I said, 
as you know, playing music, and I like to you know never play the same thing the same way twice. Yeah, so yeah. you give me a, you give me a problem, let's figure it out, like we're doing right now. I mean, I'd love to help you to figure out things for yourself that we might be able to do some things together. Just yeah. there's ne- there's never a shortage of people who need some help, right? Yeah, I'm curious where else you've, uh, or I guess how far have you sort of what's your reach so far with this program and dentistry, and then are there other industries that you've considered going after after this? Well, the other dentistries has already been uh, the other industries have already been done. Like I said. Uh, on the uh, on the software side, I called it Hurl to Healthcare Insurance, Real Estate Law, Technology and Association. So I don't know anybody else who had been a practicing attorney who did litigation, who then developed risk management system, a litigation management system for sixty five hundred realtors. Yeah. That uh, I'm sorry for sixty five hundred realtor E and L claims that. Um, and the system was used by 20,000 offices doing one out of four transactions in America, which then became a technology, which then was used for 50,000 medical malpractice claims, which included the podiatry insurance company, the dentist insurance company. So all of these different areas have have been covered, healthcare insurance, real estate law, technology, and associations. The question was, how do I find the one that people really need to be passionate about? Because I don't, you know, we know that they need to be have options to being employees of big corporations. And that was Dr. Craven's, you know, that's been Dr. Craven's mantra, you know, uh, independent dentistry. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm focusing on him. He's in Utah. I'm in New York. We have uh, partners in other states moving from New York to Iowa. Florida is big. The the TDIC, California, that connection is really big for us. It's just really a question of where the opportunities come from and where actually, uh, uh, you know, people produce, you know, in, in reality, you know, who's willing to come up with that initial five grand and say, here, what do I get for it? And the answer is 10 grand. <laughs> and yeah. how do we do that the way you want to? So, you know, so bottom line is, is we, we, we have to start with that managed joint venture and get to know each other and double their money. Because if they don't double their money, either they didn't do what they were supposed to do, or if they did, we need to fix it so that we can get better and better at what we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Matthew, if people want to find out more about you, about what you're doing with the dentistry market, what's the best way to get that information? Our website, uh, libertizingdentists.com, L-I-B-E-R-T-I-Z-I-N-G, dentists.com. You can send an email to support at libertizingdentists.com. And uh, if you do a search for Scott Craven or Matthew Radin, Scott Craven, Scott, C-R-A-V-E-N, uh, you'll see his personal LinkedIn page, but you'll all see a page for uh, uh, for libertizing dentists and connect with us on that LinkedIn page. And that will start a conversation where we can actually uh, start to learn about about you and and figure out uh, what, what you're looking to do and if there's a way we might be able to work together. That's great. I'll make sure the links are in the show notes. Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful for this opportunity to spend with you, and uh, I hope we help a lot of dentists together. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.